Welcome to the Productivity Podcast. We're recovering from the Productivity Forum 2023, which was held at the time recording last week in Birmingham. Sue's back to say hello. Hello. And we're going to reflect on the event, aren't we, Sue? We are. So over 100 people attended. I think it's biggest to date. Yeah, biggest turnout to date, yeah. In various incarnations over the last kind of 10 years, if you take lockdown out of the way. Um couple of interesting points before we get on to key themes. I know we talked about the book before, but that was the official launch, if you want to give people a bit more insight into the book. Yes, it was official launch day, so everybody that was there got a copy to take away. Um, Every Second Counts, it's called, and it's about, obviously, productivity. The book's written in chapters that are, each one is about the questions that we're most frequently asked so it's not intended to be something that you start to read from front to back, but it's there as a resource to dip into. So each section will give some context about the, the challenge or issue that's being addressed, um, talk about different ways of tackling it, cover different case studies, so how other people have tackled it, and then finishes with some quick wins. And if people who couldn't make the event want to get hold of a copy? Well, they can either contact us, or it is on Amazon, or is about to be on Amazon very soon. And there are two signed books floating around, <laughs> aren't there? After people asked us to sign them on the day, which was um, a, strange, a strange one. First one for me, signing signing a book. Well, it's the first time we've released a book, so that's why. Well, there you go. And then we told everybody about Rebudget, which is our plans to take our Excel-based labour budget model, put that online, and then do some really neat things with AI machine learning to help be more predictive in lots of areas as well as the kind of obvious how many hours FTEs and costs do I need to run my shop warehouse restaurant by week but also some really uh, cool and intuitive things around other areas so that seemed to generate a lot of debate and, and lots of conversation which was great I think it's probably worth calling out Andy Gray who scribed live scribed the day which people were amazed at so for those of you that, that don't know or weren't there Andy um, basically has some big sheets of paper up and as people are speaking, he's turning that into visual uh, visual reminders of, of the conversation and the, the panels and the, the presentations that people did. Um, I've seen it probably once before, but one, I hadn't realised how hard those people work and two, I hadn't realised how amazing it was. So, so again, some really great feedback. There's some photos online. So let's talk about key things themes so um tricky day for us because we're busy we're presenting we're trying to pull things together and get people in the right place so some of it feels like a bit of a blur um but i think one of the interesting things that came out of one of the early sessions was around saturdays now being the key shopping day again so yes based on the fact we may all be working hybrid working from home we now go back out traditionally on a saturday made me think about kind of the times running shops where that's probably when we have most of our part-timers, most of our students, most of our younger uh, team members. So really reinforced, you know, best when busiest, have you got your best, most experienced people at the times when your customers want them? That's Saturdays closely followed by Sundays now. And I think one of the other challenges that people talked about was the challenges of recruiting and a lot of them were carrying vacancies. And again, 
you know, it's always a challenge when you're carrying vacancies. The pattern of those, if those pat- vacancies are all on your part time, is that falling on Saturday, you can end up with a disproportionately, um, disproportionately poor experience on Saturday. And we were joined again by Dan Will, who's always really insightful around what's happening with footfall. So she's from MRI Footfall, and she was talking about kind of conversion rates and how perhaps people aren't. Because one of the challenges for Saturdays is yes, they're busy, and then conversion rates drop. And within that, I think there was some interesting insight around the fact that time of day as well. So we're kind of shopping slightly later. So it's about yeah. again placing those shifts in the in the right area, making sure you've done all the, the stock work wherever possible, all the all the algorithmic stuff. I'll call it now that can be done and checked off at whatever time before you get the variability of kind of customers coming in with different requirements different requests and it it linked to another presentation as well around trying to define contract hours yeah and there was quite a bit of debate in one of the panels around how do you get to the sweet spot we talked historically about people being driven to a more part-time split over full-timers there's a reason why people are part-time and it's typically because they can't be flexible can't be full-time parents childcare other job commitments and I suppose a real um, recognition that nobody's got the right answer to what is the optimum contract 12 14 16 15 32 39 48 hours what what is it and that maybe that's specific by organization maybe geography um, maybe by type of you know, generation you are, if you're a Gen Z or Gen Y, all those other things, again, that we talked about on the day. I think the reality is an individual worker's flexibility will be unique, won't it? So a lot of them will have multiple jobs. Like I say, they might have different caring commitments and, and just different preferences for, for how they want to work. So, yeah, I think just thinking part-time equals super flexible is not the case anymore if it ever was. No, I remember we were in a previous life pushed down a kind of 60, 40 route of part-timers. And yes, we ended up with lots of heads, but we reality is probably didn't end up with any more flexibility because it was the full-timers that do the extra or plug in the gaps unless it was college holidays or, you know, people people's circumstances slightly changed. And yet the challenge is, as you go back to Saturdays being the busier day, just having flat resourcing over the operating window doesn't work for most businesses because most of them have peaks in either customer demand or workload. And if you aren't able to flex at all, then actually it's always a challenge. I mean, you get into debates about, well, what work can you move out of busy periods and put it into quiet periods? Uh, Where you're talking Saturdays that are getting busier, you know, in um, food businesses, then, you you know, your peaks are always around your main meal times. If you don't use any foot... Uh, part-time if you haven't got any part-time flexibility it really does limit your ability to to meet demand effectively or means you have to carry a lot of extra when you're quieter yeah and shrink was clearly an emotive and hot topic for everybody not necessarily a key theme in terms of the speakers and, and what we talked about but certainly in all the breaks in the networking everybody was struggling with you know how do you combat it how do you stop becoming a an organisation that locks everything up and has a counter at the front. We know organisations that have historically worked like that, but how do you stop becoming one? Because it was such a challenge, along with recruitment, along with retention, 
along with the other rising costs around energy and rates and rent that, that exist there. The big, I think, other story, which isn't isn't new news at all, but was an interesting debate along the theme and threaded throughout the day in terms of theme, was around kind of marginal gains. Yeah. So process variants, individuals doing things diff- different ways, bringing new people into the business. And I think the turnover stats that I quoted was about 57%. So more than one in more than one out of every two people that join a retail hospitality organization over the last 12 months leaves uh, within one year. How do you stop training in bad practice? How do you reduce process variance and how those little, little tweaks can add up to a, the sum of a big benefit? Yes, there was discussions about how you can take seconds off something that you do a lot and it can save millions and, and the impact of when a business is scaled across a lot of sites, then a small saving really adds up to a big number over time. But yet we then talked about the fact that when you're making these small changes, they can get outweighed by the fact, by variance in how people are working. So if you just think about people putting stock on shelves, if you make that quicker and easier... So, for example, going to more, you know, straight-to-shelf packaging, so you're putting out outers. If the colleague does that by walking backwards and forwards, holding one box the length of an aisle, you could easily outweigh any benefit that you're getting versus if they had the trolley close to hand and were working really efficiently. And that's that's some of the challenge when we see we're out currently measuring how, you know, how long things take and where people have made process changes to see the impact of that process change they can be outweighed by the fact that you get these variances in ways of working. And as you say, we, we talked quite a lot in the sessions about people and communication and obviously getting through the, the messages of this is how we'd like you to do it, this is the most efficient way, is and doing that consistently when you've got an ever-changing workforce and probably working across multiple hours so you haven't got the same management team in all the time is quite a big challenge. Yeah, I agree. And kind of other key themes throughout the day were around people, so taking people on the journey, not doing not doing to them, making sure, you know, they've got the right support mechanisms, that the leaders are in, in the right place as well, that there's tools in place to reach those frontline workers or the or the people that are typical typically different difficult to get to because of shifts, because of um hours work per week. So that that was a big theme as well as well around how you get there and communicate with those people uh, some real life stories as well that were shared which were good yeah I think there's quite a few conversations about tools that were being used to free up leaders time so that they could focus more on that consistency of communication and being leaders rather than the admin person that's stuck in the back yeah so lots to think about lots to share some great interaction on the day great to see so many people as Sue said, we've got a provisional date for next year, so we'll start to publish that on LinkedIn and socials, uh, let people register for the event, and then we will follow up with confirmations uh, as that starts to come through. Yeah, and I think all the sessions were all brilliant, and actually there was some just as good conversations happened in the breaks and things. So as always at our events, there's a real benefit for people out of networking. So, you know, people always find that they're dealing with similar challenges. So whether they're in the same sort of industry, but, you know, not direct competitors, whether they're even in different industries, you know, those challenges of managing marginal gains, getting your people in the right place, making sure you're doing it all in a way that means your team are engaged and committed to it and, and delivering great experience for your customers 
is kind of a constant challenge everywhere. Brilliant. Well, hard work starts now preparing for next year and creating a, an agenda that's as good as, if not better. Yeah. Thanks, Sue. Speak soon.